And uh, good morning, folks. Good to be with you this morning. Uh, welcome to those online and to those in the room. If uh, you don't know who I am, uh, my name's Jeff, as Troy just said, and uh, it's my privilege today to wrap up a series that we have been reflecting on over the past, uh, what, five or six weeks now, about living in the light. Now, if this is your first time kind of hooking in to this series about living in the light, let me just um, sort of sum up where we've been with this so far. Uh, we started off uh, by looking at living in the light of purpose. So uh, Troy's message that day was about when we, when we actually see the light, uh, we come to understand what our purpose is. And as Troy so succinctly put it, uh, our purpose uh, is to help God help others. That's God's calling upon us. Then uh, we moved on the second week to living in the light of wisdom. Right? If we want to make wise choices about the way in which we live in this dark world, then this book... The scriptures, the Bible, is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. It gives us the guidance that we need as we actually are called to live um, fruitfully and purposefully in this dark world. Then the next week, uh, Diane looked after this one, living in the light of hope. We, we recognise that there are often times when the darkness intrudes into our lives and, and perhaps makes us feel like we're just in this dark tunnel and there's no way out. And the light of God that is shining says, hey, there is hope. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. There is a way forward through this. And God says, and through it all, I will be with you. And then last week we looked at this theme of living in the light of eternity. And uh, Troy actually took us to two anchor points. He, he, he showed us um, and helped us understand that there is actually darkness in all of us. But he took us to these two anchor points. First of all, to the cross, where no matter how dark the darkness in us might be, we have received forgiveness and acceptance by God as his precious, beloved child. And then we move forward to the, the new heavens and the new earth, uh, where we saw in the book of Revelation that, that there is only light. There's no darkness. There's no darkness around us. And, and hear this, there will be no darkness in us. Darkness will be totally eradicated. So my job today is to wrap up this series with the theme, Living in the Light of Jesus. And before we actually get to that, I want to read a passage from the book of John, the Gospel of John. First chapter, the first 14 verses. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, 
all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. That's John the Baptist that the gospel writer is talking about. He came as a witness to testify concerning the light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world. And though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. Children born not of natural descent, nor of a human decision, nor of a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Please pray with me. Lord, we ask that you will give us ears to hear you this morning, eyes to see you, that you'll give us hearts that are open to you, to be responsive to the movement of your Holy Spirit in our lives, to the transforming work of your Spirit in our lives. Lord, help us to stand today in the light that is Jesus. And we ask this in his name. Amen. If uh, I were to ask, or if you were to ask, either Lorraine or myself, what was significant about the 25th of May 1977, we would both respond, that was our third wedding anniversary. If you were to ask either of our two boys what was significant about the 25th of May 1977, they would tell you that that was the day that Star Wars was released. <laughs> yes, my friends, that, that phenomenon of a movie that spawned three prequels and five sequels. Now, if you don't know anything about Star Wars, my sympathy is with you. <laughs> but if you do know anything about Star Wars and, and someone were to ask you to sum up the, the plot of Star Wars in one very short sentence, I wonder what you would say. Well, thankfully, we don't have to think too hard because the Star Wars creator, George Lucas, has done that for us. And here it is. Star Wars is a saga of good versus evil divided into nine parts. <laughs> the saga of good versus evil. 
Now, if you do know anything about the Star Wars uh, universe, you will know that uh, sort of at work in this Star Wars universe is something called the Force. The dark side of the Force is expressed in evil. The light side of the Force is expressed in good. So light, darkness, good, evil. Well, where did George Lucas get those ideas fixed in his brain? That light was associated with good and goodness and, and darkness was associated with evil. I suspect because it's deeply embedded in our culture. I mean, we, we use expressions like seeing the light. That's a good thing, right? Seeing the light or being kept in the dark, okay? <laughs> Not so good. Uh, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Or we talk about dark days or doing dark deeds. Right? These kinds of ideas are embedded in our culture. So we take a step back and ask, how did they get embedded in our culture? Probably through the influence of religious teaching. Now, this whole series about living in the light was kind of born out of a a desire to be able to speak from a Christian perspective into the, the Hindu celebration of Diwali, the festival of lights. And for Hindus, the, the Diwali, the festival of lights, is a celebration of the victory of light over darkness. Of God, whichever God you might um, decide is the, the, the most important God, of the victory of God over the demonic, of inner light, over, <coughs> over spiritual darkness. Uh, now, and that kind of peaked two, two Sundays ago on the 12th of November. There is a branch of Buddhism that also has a festival of light uh, in which the, the enlightenment brought by the Buddha is celebrated. Very soon, the Jewish religion is going to have their celebration of the Festival of Lights. That is going to begin at sunset on the 7th of December, better known to us as Hanukkah. And it is a celebration of God's victory in restoring the temple to the Jewish people and in the rededication of the temple that, that had been defiled by a ruler called Antiochus Epiphanes uh, when he sacrificed pigs on the altar in, in the temple in Jerusalem. And after a three-year rebellion, um, the Jewish people managed to get the temple back and rededicate it. And the reason that lights are associated with that is because the rededication of the temple culminated in the, the relighting of the menorah, the candlestick that was in the temple. February the 2nd on the Christian calendar is called Candlemas. It is a celebration of the dedication of Jesus or the presentation of Jesus at the temple on the 40th day after his birth. Why lights? Why candles? Because uh, in the aftermath of that occasion, an elderly man named Simeon 
prophesied over Jesus some words from Scripture that declared him to be a light to the nations. Light and darkness, common across religious thought. Light representing God and goodness, darkness representing the demonic and, and evil. So where did that come from? Now, okay, I don't know. <laughs> I have a theory. I have a theory that it goes right back to creation. The earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. And God said, let there be light. And there was light. God saw that the light was good. That's God's declaration. And I suspected that it's filtered down into religious thought, whatever branch of religious thought that might be, from, from that original source where God declared light to be good. And so light, certainly in Christian thought, is associated with God and with goodness, with God's creativity. But, you know, in the scriptures, light is not just something that has been created by God. Light is actually part of the essence of God, the nature of God. So John says that God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. Now, God is not only light. John also says that God is love. But, but part of the very essence of God, the very nature of God, is light. And my task today is to talk about where Jesus fits into that. If we really want to walk in the light, we need to walk in the light that God brings so where does Jesus fit into that? Well, first of all, let's take it step by step. First of all, what the scriptures tell us is that light is embodied in the person of Jesus. God's light is embodied in the person of Jesus. Now, we read that passage from, from uh, John chapter 1. Maybe it's good just to refresh ourselves as some of the, the thoughts, processes going on. In the beginning was the Word, right? The Word was with God. The Word was God. And then it goes on to say, in him was life. That life was the light of men. Then John the Baptist, he was not the light, but he came as a witness to the light. The true light was coming into the world. We have seen his glory. The glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father. That's the process that we're going through in this passage in John 1. In other words, for, and John the Apostle, the writer of the Gospel, is saying to us that light is not just a thing. Light is not just an idea. Light is a person. Light is a person. And although Jesus is not named in this particular passage that we have read, it becomes very clear as we go on that it is Jesus that John the Apostle has in mind when he says that he is the light. 
the light of the world, the true light that is coming into the world. Now, during his ministry, Jesus actually declared himself to be the light of the world. Three, three particular occasions, apart from the other times when he talked about light, there were three particular occasions in, in John 8, I am the light of the world. Uh, John 9, 5, while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. John 12, 44, I have come into this world as a light. <clears throat> now, let me just step back a little bit. That was actually an astonishing claim made by Jesus, particularly in his own culture. Because the Jewish faith is very passionately monotheistic. There is one God. There is no other. And of that one God in the Old Testament scriptures, David says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. And then Jesus comes along and says, I am the light of the world. You know the Lord, the one that David said was, was the light of the world? That's me. It's pretty astounding, I think, that Jesus is saying that the very essence of God, the very nature of God, the light of God is embodied in him. So in, in Hebrews chapter 1, we read these words. It, uh, if we can have those up on screen, please. We've got them? No, I'll read them from the scriptures. Ah, read them from the scriptures. The sun is the radiance of God's glory. The radiance, the light emanating from God's glory. The exact representation of His being. The very essence of God is found in Jesus. The nature of God wrapped up in Jesus. He is God coming to this world, bringing the light of God with him. So if we want to walk in the light of God, we need to walk in the light of Jesus. We need to come to Jesus. Now, now we live in a... PC world and when I say a PC world I am not talking about personal computers although it's probably true that in, in those terms it is a PC world everybody seems to have one but I'm talking about the other PC political correctness and in a politically correct world it is not politically correct to make exclusive claims about anything because truth is relative. Truth, your truth is what you believe to be true. And so you cannot make uh, exclusive claims about things, like about sexuality. You cannot say, for example, that, uh, that heterosexuality, and particularly within marriage, that's the only ordained way by God for expressing sexuality. You can't say that in the world today. 
Now, you can't say that, that other forms are uh, alien to God's purpose for humanity. That's intolerance. Gender identity, you can't say that there are two genders, male and female. Because the politically correct world says that there are dozens of genders and you can pick whichever one you want. You cannot make exclusive claims about religion. You can't say there is only one way. But I don't see how we can get around the exclusive claims of Jesus. Particularly in this context today of living in the light of Jesus and Jesus being the light of God come into the world. God has ordained this way for us to encounter his light and that way is Jesus. Uh, from 2 Corinthians 4, the God of this age has blinded the minds of unbelievers so that they cannot see the light of the gospel that displays the glory of Christ who is the image of God. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. That's the pathway into God's light to come through Jesus and to experience the light of God in our lives through him. So light's embodied in the person of Jesus. Secondly, if we are walking in the light of Jesus, we receive the life of Jesus. So to walk in his light is to receive his life. There is a very close connection between light and life in this world. Without light from the sun, there would be no life. To start with, the vast majority of living things in this world get their energy from the light of the sun, either directly or indirectly. All right, so plants, they, they take sunlight and by a process known as photosynthesis, they turn it into energy. That sustains them, nourishes them, helps them grow. Then herbivores come along and they eat the plants and they get their energy that way. And then carnivores come along and they eat the herbivores and they get their energy that way. Yes, there are some forms of life on the earth that don't get their energy either directly or indirectly from the sun, but the vast majority does. But that aside... Without that, the heat generated by the light from the sun, this earth would be too cold to sustain life. There just wouldn't be any at all. So light is necessary for life. The two are intricately twined together. And so it is with, with Jesus and the light that he brings. There is a very, very close connection between his light and his life. Right? In him was life. That life was the light of men or all mankind. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Light and life. Joined together in Jesus. 
To walk in his light is to receive his life. Now, I know um, Paul says in Romans 6.23, you know, the, the, the gift of God, the free gift of God is eternal life. But sometimes when we, we read that, we think of some kind of sort of nebulous kind of gift of life sitting out there that we, we receive somehow from God. But, but it is actually the life of Jesus itself that is that gift. It is not just some sort of thing sitting out there. It is Jesus himself. It is his life that is that gift. Uh, Paul says in Colossians, uh, you died and your life is now hidden in God, with Christ in God. You died. Me, me, I died. That old life in me, it died. And then when Christ who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So hear that, when Christ, who is your life, appears. Christ himself is our life. It is his life. Something in me dies. The life of Christ is birthed in me. It is no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. God, through Christ, chooses to live in us and his life is birthed in us and grows in us. So to walk in the light of Jesus is to receive his life. Then the next step, if we are truly walking in the light of Jesus and in the life of Jesus, then we become light bearers. So with the life of Jesus in us, we become light bearers. Troy, again, if I can remind you about where we went last week with this, he took us to these two places, to the cross, where no matter how dark that darkness in us might be, there is forgiveness and acceptance by God. We become his beloved children. Then to the, the end time, to the new heavens and the new earth, uh, where just darkness is eradicated. No sign of darkness anywhere, either around us or in us. And we say, bring it on, bring it on. But the reality is we live now between those two points. We live between those two points. That's our life now. And the question that I want to ask is what happens to us in this life that we're living now when we are living in a dark world and when often the darkness of this world tries to intrude into our lives or when the, perhaps the darkness that was once rampant in us, rears its ugly head again and we're struggling with all that. What's, what's going on for us now? Well, the scriptures tell us that we are right now in the process of transformation. So 2 Corinthians 3.18 We all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord 
who is the Spirit. We are being transformed. God is actually doing a work in us now that is suppressing the darkness and enabling more and more of the light of Jesus to shine in our lives. There's a transformation going on. And that's the work of the Holy Spirit in us. Actually, that verse comes at the end of a passage where Paul was reflecting on the experience of Moses in the Old Testament. You may remember uh, the account from the Old Testament. Uh, Moses used to go into the tent of meeting and actually, it says, speak face to face with God. And when he came out from the tent of the meeting, his face was literally glowing, a light with the glory of God. And Moses put a veil over his face when his face when he came out and his face was glowing he put a veil over his face and what Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 3 is that Paul put that veil over his face not to prevent the people of Israel from seeing God's glory lighting up his face but to prevent them from seeing it fading away interesting isn't it Yes, his face glowed with the glory of God. It was a light with the glory of God, but only when he was in the presence of God. And as he came out and the longer time went on, that that glory, that light faded. And it, it relit when he went back into the presence of God. So the difference is, whereas Moses was only sporadically in the presence of God to get lit up by God, We are in the presence of God all the time because we carry the presence of God. We carry the life of God. We carry the the person of Jesus Christ with us wherever we go, every day, every minute of every day. We are in the presence of God. And so that the light of God, the glory of God is actually increasing in us, not fading. So the longer we live our lives with Jesus... In theory, the more like him we become, the more his light shines in our lives. And we are called to radiate that light to the world. You are the light of the world, Jesus said. Let your light shine before others in such a way that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Let it shine. Notice again the connection between light and, and good, good works. They're an expression of light. Well, what does that actually look like? We're talking about doing good works. We're talking about expressing light in our lives. What does that look like? Well, it, if you were to think about the Star Wars universe, uh, the dark side of the force is expressed in things like... Uh, Aggression, anger, violence, fear of loss, a desire to hold on to things, a lust for power, and self-centeredness. Now, 
okay, that's Star Wars, but it all sounds very much like what Paul describes as the desires of the flesh in Galatians chapter 5. And what living in darkness is all about in Ephesians chapter 5. The light side of the force in the Star Wars universe is expressed in things like peace and joy and hope and love and compassion and <coughs> kindness and selflessness. Do those kind of things sound familiar to you? Because I reckon they sound very much like the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And then the fruit of the light in Ephesians 5. The fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. Learning what is pleasing to the Lord. Now, at the heart of all that, it seems to me, is love. It's not the only thing that's mentioned here, but a lot of the things that are mentioned in the fruit of the Spirit in Ephesians 5, they're expressions of love. So at the heart of what living in the light means is, is loving other people, especially one another as brothers and sisters in Christ, but loving other people. And so John can even get to the point of saying, um, if you hate someone else, right? if you claim to be in the light but hate a brother or sister, you are still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother or sister lives in the light. That's what giving expression to the light is all about. It is an expression of the life of Jesus himself and the kind of character that Jesus demonstrated when he lived here in this world. In uh, the book of Colossians, chapter 1, Paul says that we are to joyfully give thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his holy people in the kingdom of light. For he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the Son he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Jesus Christ changes things. He has experienced victory over darkness. He has conquered darkness and brings us into his light. That's a done deal. It's already happened. We stand with him in his kingdom of light. That doesn't mean that life is easy for us. There are still challenges. But it is the life of Jesus that we experience in us that brings light and that enables us to live in light. Now, I don't know where you might stand in terms of uh, a relationship with Jesus for those who are in the room or even online. Um, 
have you actually um, allowed the light of Jesus to be turned on in your life? As you have come to him in faith and said, Jesus, yep, come into my life and be my life and be my light. Now, if that's not a step that you've taken and you'd like to have a conversation with, with us about that, we would love to talk with you. Um, for those who are here this morning, logistically, that's probably easy. You can have a conversation with us at the conclusion of the service. Um, the will is another matter. It's making the choice to do that. For those online, please reach out to us through the, the, the contact details that you'll see um, on your screens. Please reach out to us. We'd love to have that conversation with you as well. Maybe there are those who are actually struggling with the challenges of living in this dark world. The darkness intruding into your lives and, and just feel that yeah, perhaps you know, I'm losing hope. Where can I go with this? Maybe you're struggling with, with uh, what it means to actually live in light. That darkness keeps sort of raising its ugly head in your life again. And you'd like someone to pray with you about that. Please come and see us. We, we would love to pray with you and uh, to invite Jesus to, um, to overcome that darkness in your life and to bring his light. So the conclusion of the service, yep, just come and have a, a chat. Come and see somebody that you trust who will be able to pray with you and, and talk Jesus with you. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you that you are our light and that through your son, Jesus, you have sent your light to us. We ask that through him, you will light up our lives. Maybe our faces might not glow like Moses did. But Lord, we want our lives to glow. We want our lives to radiate this light of Jesus, this life of Jesus for all to see and to bring glory to you. And we ask that for that purpose, you will fill us and work through us. In Jesus' name, amen.